0: Good morning everyone, you know the most amazing thing that has ever happened in this world is the death of the Son of God. It is amazing for many reasons. Um, It's amazing that God the Father allowed His Son to be brutally murdered by evil men. It's amazing that the Son did not call upon the myriad of angels to stop his persecution. It's amazing that Jesus spoke words of forgiveness from the cross as his own mother looked on. But perhaps the most amazing aspect about this event is that from it the gift of eternal salvation was made possible. Only God, in His inconceivable wisdom and power, could bring forth the greatest good from the greatest evil. Nothing could be more evil than the brutal murder of the Son of God. And nothing could be more glorious than the transformation of that heinous act into the, ne- the definitive act of salvation for all humanity. Jesus was the stone rejected by the builders. But that rejected stone was used by the Father to become the cornerstone of the new life of grace to which we are all called. And this brings us to this remarkable parable Jesus told in today's gospel. And I use the word remarkable because few parables are so instructive as this one. First of all, it it summarizes the entire biblical story of salvation so allow me to illustrate here the vineyard stands for the people of israel as our first reading from isaiah points out and the vineyard owner stands for god the tenant farmers stand for the chief priests and the pharisees whom god put in charge of his people the servants in the first group, whom the, o- the owner sends to the tenant farmers to get his share of the grapes, are the early prophets whom God sent to Israel. The servants in the second group are the later prophets. The Son is the Son of God, whom the leaders of Israel killed under the misconception that killing Jesus would guarantee. The continuation of their power. And the new tenant farmers to whom the owner leases his vineyard are the apostles of Jesus. They replace the chief priests and Pharisees as the new leaders of God's people. So, as we step back and look at this, the first leasing of the vineyard refers to the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. And the second leasing of the vineyard refers to the new covenant we are in now. You know, besides giving us, you know, a capsule summary of the biblical story of salvation, this parable also gives us a a capsule summary of the biblical view of God. It shows us both sides of God. The God who is a patient parent and the God who is a just judge. You know, like the vineyard owner in the parable, God showed incredible patience with the leaders of Israel. He gave them one opportunity after another to change their ways. He sent prophet after prophet to them. And when it became clear, however, that more patience was futile, God passed judgment on them. He held them accountable for their actions. And we see the same thing in our first reading. And so today's readings show us that God is not only a patient parent who loves us unconditionally, but also a just judge who holds us accountable for our actions. You know, I can show you many examples in the Gospels in which Jesus reflects these same two dimensions of God. Because, of course, he is God. And I think there's a clear application of all of this to our lives, brothers and sisters. We need to know that God is a patient parent. For too many years, God was tragically looked upon as someone who was more eager to punish than love. Now, however, you know, many say the pendulum has swung the opposite direction and giving us an equally distorted picture of God. Distorted pictures, however, are not what we need at this moment in history. What we need is truth. And that's what we find in today's readings. The gospel truth about God. He is both a patient, loving Father and a just judge. And lastly, there's one other lesson I think we must learn from our Lord's teaching today. Brothers and sisters, today, you are among the people to whom God has given charge of his new vineyard, the church. Of course, of you, of all of us, God desires an abundance of good fruit. You know, though the church is entrusted to the pope, bishops, and priests in a special way, it is also entrusted to the laity, each in their own way. Everyone must bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And everyone will be held accountable for their stewardship. Sometimes I think we can fall into the trap of thinking that we have, we have little to offer. You know, if we were the Pope, a bishop, or even a priest, we could do great things for God. And though that is probably true in, way, in some ways, it is no less true that everyone is capable of bearing an abundance of good fruit for the kingdom of God. Just look at the saints. Bearing good fruit, God expects that of all of us. If you doubt the, that fact in any way, then, again, recall the undeniable fact that the father used the greatest evil ever committed, the crucifixion of his son, to bring forth the greatest good ever known. If God can bring forth new life from death, then he can certainly use you in powerful ways. In fact, the weaker you are, the more insignificant you feel the more God can use you to produce good fruit. So I think, my friends, today's gospel invites us to reflect upon the glorious fact that if God can use his own suffering and death to bring salvation to the world, he can also use all of us in ways that are are beyond our imagination. You might not become a famous evangelist, You might not succeed in some well-recognized ministry. In fact, you might even encounter much suffering and persecution and hardship throughout life. But regardless of your own life situation, God desires to use you for great things and to bear an abundance of good fruit for his kingdom. Let's commit to that mission. And allow God to use you as a cornerstone of His grace in this world. Amen.